The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, this is Joy Unleashed. I'm your joyologist, Colleen Greco. Um, and I just want to say that the woman that I'm about to introduce you to is a, just a ball of fire. And I think you're going to have a really great time uh, getting to meet her today. So her name is Clara Capano, and she is an international um, speaker, award-winning educator, best-selling author, host of the Working Women Channel and Living Real TV. She is the founder and CHO, Chief Harmony Officer of Capano Speaking and Training, and the creator of the Clarity, that's Clarity with two A's, um, success method. With over 20 years of sales and marketing leadership, her passion is in providing women, um, I'm sorry, her passion is in providing women in business work with key strategies so that they can work with more intention and put themselves back on the driver's seat. Who wouldn't want that? Um, let Clara help you find the clarity method and help you create success on your terms, free from guilt, overwhelm, and burnout. Uh, overwhelm, I think, is me today because I did a lousy job on your intro, Clara. But uh, without further ado, let me welcome you to the stage. Oh, Colleen, you know, I just adore you and I love how you keep it real. So trust me, I have had people say much worse about me. So. <laughs> I always say if people have something spicy to say about me, that means I'm doing it right, right? Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for, thanks for bringing me on your show. I'm really excited. I am absolutely thrilled to have you. This I'm sort of, I'm sort of like fangirling right now. So you're just going to have to just get, let me have that. Um, I really want to, first of all, congratulate you on the launch of your book. And I have it right here. It's called The Mother of All Success Manuals by Clara Capano. Mm -hmm. This baby um, is an, is a bestseller already. Um, it and just launched about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, July 25th is when it launched. And it actually even won an award for best nonfiction, even before it hit the presses, which was um, I'm unbelievable and I'm super excited. So yes. If only I knew how to cue the applause, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so congratulations. This is great. And we're going to talk more about the book um, as we go uh, through the show, but figured I'd start you off with a softball. I always like to kind of, let's start easy. Um, we definitely have a lot in common, but this one word in particular, I know you use quite a bit. So Obviously, it's joy. Uh, that is that is my favorite word. Um, and I want to know what that means to you. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that has been a journey for me. And I think if you were to ask me this question, you know, even 10 years ago, I don't know if I would have a good answer for it because I think it can be very elusive to people. And I think it's one of those things that people have sort of canned responses to. It's sort of like what makes you happy. And they go to my family, my health, and all of those things. For me, what joy means to me is what lights you up inside. You know, what makes your soul 
smile and come alive? You know, what is it that allows you to live truly engaged? And I think enough of us, too many of us are not living on that path of joy. And we're overcomplicating it and thinking that it needs to look a certain way when if we just sort of sit and listen to our own internal dialogue, we, we know what it means to us and we know what lights us up. So what lights you up? Well, there's so many things. And I am a big proponent of all the little things because yes, my son who's 18 lights me up. I love doing that. My family lights me up. But I'll tell you, you know what else puts a smile on my face? Bugs Bunny cartoons. I love <laughs> Bugs Bunny cartoon. You know, a great cup of coffee or a good glass of wine. You know, every morning I I take my dog for a walk and I have just relocated to Scottsdale. So needless to say, it's hot outside. So we're up at 5 a.m. and walking around the, the park and seeing the ducks. All of those things, you know, they, they really excite me. They put a smile on my face. And so I think, again, it doesn't always have to be those big things. Sometimes it's just those little moments that can do it. It could be anything from, you know, working out to listening to one of your favorite songs on the radio, having a true conversation with a friend. All of those things light me up and bring me joy. I 100% agree. I, I talk about this all the time. I wrote an ebook on it, actually. It's called Joy in the Smallest of Moments. The things that get me excited are cows. Love cows. Especially the Highland cow. I want a baby Highland cow. (laughs) Oh, it's happening. It's like on the vision board. I'm manifesting it. It is happening. Yes, I have a tattoo of a cow. They just make me so happy. They just, I don't know. And, you know, they do. Uh, Whoopie pies, the color hot pink. So I completely agree. Those are the things. And this is a house full of boys, by the way, including my two boy dogs. So whatever chance I get to kind of insert, mm-hmm. I certainly do. <laughs> Love it. Um, so in your book, which I'm going to show again, the mother of all success manuals, you talk a bit about developing healthy boundaries. Um, and I know this is something that every human on the planet has struggled with at one moment or another, um, but particularly around the things that rob us of joy. Um how do you go about establishing healthy boundaries in both your personal and your professional life as a mompreneur? Right. And I think it's um, a two-step process for me. The first one is getting the vision together of, again, what does a joyous life look like? You know, I I don't believe in work-life balance. I really focus on work-life harmony. So what does that look like to me? It's having time for myself, time to invest in my relationships, time to grow my business. Because what I was finding is as I was living on that hamster wheel that so many of us live on, even though I was doing these things, I wasn't present. And therefore, I wasn't living in joy because I was just sort of going through the motions. So first and foremost, you've got to get that vision together of what does your ideal life look like? One of my very favorite sayings is the vision comes first, the how will find a way. So come up with that vision. And then the goal is to try to create the systems and the strategies to get there. The second thing that I had to do, and this was something I was horrible at early on in my life, which is why I had zero work-life balance or harmony. And I had to learn how to set expectations because in reality, we treat people how to treat us by either the boundaries or the lack of boundaries that we have. So little things such as sharing my schedule 
with my family, especially my son, I'm a single mom, before the week starts. This is where I'm going to be. You know, I'm on the road extensively as a speaker and as a corporate trainer, I'm on the road probably 30, 35 weeks out of the year. So talking with him about my travel schedule, when I'm going to be available, because even though he's 18 now, when he was in elementary, middle school, high school, we would do homework together over FaceTime. So we had to put those things in place with my clients, explaining to them my hours of operation, what qualified for a quote unquote emergency of when they could call me after hours. Also my expectation of returning calls because I lived by answering every call, every email. And the truth is, is you can't do that because you can't get anything done. And becoming a productivity expert meant that I had to learn ways to leverage my time so that I could show up and deliver a high quality of service and expectations, experiences, hospitality, at the same time, getting everything done. So letting them know, you know, when you leave me a voicemail or an email, I require a three hour window to get back with you because that allowed me to be present where I needed to be present but also letting them know this is what you can expect. And from the get-go, is that going to work for you? Because I've had it where, and my background was in real estate, and with real estate, people need stuff all hours of the days, and they will call you all hours of the day. So setting these it was critical. And you know, letting them know, you know, unless we are working on a deadline, you know, I pretty much turn my business off at 6:30 at night. You know, this way they know, you know, if you email me at 10 o'clock at night, you're going to hear back from me the next business day. And I have had people say, well, if I'm at home working or I see something and I want to share it with you, I want to be able to reach out to you at 11 o'clock at night. And I have to be honest with them and say, you know what? I'm asleep because I get up at 5 a.m. I go to sleep at 839 o'clock at night. Now, would you like me to call you at 5 a.m.? Are you going to answer my calls at 5 a.m.? So you have to, again, explain to it from a position of how they're going to understand it. But by getting the vision and setting clear expectations, that has really helped me to maintain healthier boundaries because I've learned that the right people respect it. And I don't have to work with everyone. I have to work with the people that are going to respect me and see the value that I bring. And what I actually found is not only did the right people come to me, my business blossomed because again, I knew what I could focus on. I knew what I was really good at and I delivered that high quality of service to my people. I am saying amen a thousand times right now. I, I couldn't agree with everything you say uh, any more than I do. I think with um, moms, especially working moms, you know, we, we go through quite an identity crisis, you know, I, for somebody like me, who's worked from home for, I think I'm at 16 years now, my younger son has grown up with mom right through this. It's a glass door. He can see what I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so he, he'll just walk in and I'm like, you, okay, you can't do like, this is the office. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I started putting sticky notes up and, and there was a time when he walked in and I was having a job interview and uh, that was the only time that happened because the next note said, even if you're dying, you need to call 911 first. Don't call me. Right. You know, trying to illustrate the point that 
you know, there is a business being conducted here. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's a great exercise. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to get used to setting boundaries because there is a sense of, you know, I'm in service to others. And so I should be available and, and support okay. and help in any way I can. But who's, who's sitting with you at 11 o'clock at night when you can't get to sleep because your brain is so hyper wired, you can't mm -hmm. calm down. Like you, I'm in bed at 8.30 or 9, up at, you know, 4 or something. Um, so I have to have my rest if I'm going to be any level of effective. Mm -hmm. um, my yeah. So glad you said that. Yeah. And I want to just hit on something that you talked about, because I think it's very real, especially if you are an entrepreneur, independent contractor running your own business. You know, many times we worry if we don't respond right away, we're going to lose business. And what you need to start doing is shifting your mindset. And this is something that I speak on and I train on. You've got to get yourself into a mindset of abundance versus scarcity. Because focusing mm -hmm. on the loss is scarcity. And like I said, when I started to lean into it, my abundance factor exploded because what I found is people loved it. They knew when they were going to hear from me. They had a confidence in leaving a message because they knew the systems and they knew the process. So by being able to have that thought of this is going to allow me to really truly serve my people and again, making it very clear to all, everybody you know, the abundance is out there and your business, your family, your heart, everything will become better because of these boundaries that you place. Yes. And I also think the more that you can, you know, uh, define, you know, what is okay and what's not okay, you're teaching your clients more coping mechanisms, right? Absolutely. So they, they're not coming to you with the, the tiniest little thing. They're kind mm -hmm. of saying, I'm going to have to figure this out for myself because Clara isn't available for three hours and I'm having a panic attack now. Right. Good. That's great. And then we save, you know, our energy for the tough stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I do want to hit on, because I think you brought up something really big and this idea that you're working from home and your family is there. And, you know, you, this is why I say, do your best to communicate before the week starts. Now, if you have little ones that I would say are five and under, it's yeah. harder to do that because they don't understand. But what I started doing with Nicholas when he was much younger is, you know, letting him know, I'm going to be stepping into an appointment. I'm going to be unavailable for 30 minutes. Do you need something from me now? And that sort of, again, let them do that. I did put notes on my door, you know, to be able to put that in. Also, you know, doing your best if you have the ability to bring in somebody to do the childcare for when you are unavailable. I actually had a buddy and she also was an independent contractor and we would swap. If I had a day where I didn't have the flexibility, I had to be there like for a job interview or whatever. Sometimes we would talk and I would say, you know what? Let me watch the kids in the morning. Can you watch them in the afternoon? So that we had that buffer zone to be able to protect ourselves. So again, don't be afraid to set the expectations to communicate and ask for help. As my son got older, it became easier and easier. But sometimes he would come in and slip a little note, you know, under my door as well. And you you learn. But if you have a significant other, share your schedule with them. When do you need to be unavailable? When do they need to be unavailable? And get that schedule together. But you're right. When you are at work, just like if you had a real job and you were at an office, you have to conduct business when it's time to conduct business. 
I'm, you're making me laugh because I can remember so many times where he would walk in and go like, can I have a sticky note? Mm -hmm. Handing it to him. And it's something like, can you order this on Amazon for me for like six days? Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of podcast shows, uh, you have one that has just That's launched. Well. You, you had a, a show and then you revamped it and it uh -huh. has just uh, it launched last week called Women winning their way. Yes. I love alliteration, but never when I'm on the spot, I was bound to mess that up. Um, it's available on E360 TV network and the Limelight network. Um, yes. Curious, um, what do you think are the top three things that hold women back in, in terms of, or hold them back from winning their mm -hmm. way? You know, it's, it's different for everyone, but sort of the resounding words I say are things that I hear is, First and foremost, I think we try to fit into a box. We try to define success based upon what our parents think success would be, what um, society tells us we should be doing. You know, mm -hmm. I remember very early on in my career. Now, my mother was a working mom. So for me, that's how it was. And you made it work. Well, my husband at the time, his mother was a stay at home mom. Nothing wrong with that. That was her choice. But when Nicholas was young, I mean, young, I was given a promotion. And for me, it was no question that this is what I've been working for. And there mm -hmm. were a lot of challenging conversations, shall we see, because in her mind, I was neglecting my family by taking on a promotion. And it was really hard. And, you know, having a lot of those, you know, discussions of letting people down and having her think, oh, I'm a horrible mother to my son. You know, I'm not a good wife to her son, you know, and doing these things, because I think that is the big one is we try to do what others tell us. And we have to sometimes learn that nobody else has the right to tell us what's right for ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. if you are in a home where you do have a significant other, the two of you together get to define what's right and what's not right. You know, you have to start to learn and it's scary and it's hard, but you have to really get clear on what's going to work for you and your personal dynamics. So I think that that's one of the things that keeps us back. The other thing I think that keeps us back is something that we've talked about. It's this idea of not protecting our time. It's giving too much of our time away. And one of the things that I really work on with the people that I, I train and that I coach is, you know, put your schedule together before the week starts. And one of the biggest things that I tell them to do is before anything else goes into your schedule, the first thing that goes into your schedule is your life. Because the number one reason that people don't have a life is because they don't schedule their life. So put in time for yourself, time for your family, date nights, whatever it is that you need to do. And then you work around those because those are the things that really matter and they have to become an appointment. And it's that old adage with the, the oxygen masks falling down. If you are not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to be there, not just for your clients, but also for your family, the way that you need to be there for. So I think really learning how to embrace time, make time your friend and learning how to really leverage it and starting to think about, am I investing it in the right areas? 
So I think those are a couple things. And then I think the third thing would be, we try to do it alone. You know, mm-hmm. there, there is this shame. I think it's becoming more minimal, which I love to see, but I think there has been a shame, especially earlier on in our twenties and our thirties, where asking for help makes us feel like we're weak. Oh, they're not going to trust me. They're not going to think they can count on me. They're going to see my flaws. And we have to start remembering that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength because nobody gets to their goals alone. So I think those three things are really powerful things to pay attention to and to really, you know, make sure that we are bringing into our world. Hugely powerful. And I'm so glad you walked us through that. Um, I'm going to chew on these a bit myself. I definitely talk um, quite a bit because in, in my coaching practice, it's more, you know, getting people to reclaim their joy. So there's nutrition coaching, which is always a component because most people self-soothe or self, um, you know, sabotage using food. Um, mm-hmm. However, the bigger conversation is mindset. And if your mindset is a certain way, these other things kind of become nominal problems. Like the food is almost secondary at that point. And I always try to try to coach people and say, listen, you can't pour from an empty cup. You think you're giving your best, but imagine if you would put yourself first, the quality of that product. So Mm -hmm. it goes from like the very bottom of the, the dregs, as my dad used to call it, of the potato chip bag (laughs) to Mm -hmm. the top where they're freshest and crunchiest. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I love through that. Um, I wonder in your coaching, how often you come across, these are probably two sayings that um, make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. One is imposter syndrome and one is fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. What, what is your standpoint on those uh, philosophies, Uh, phrases? Yes. And I think that there is um, both good and bad in them Um, because you know, sometimes we have to take the leap and wait for that net to appear. So I think that there can be truths and lies on both sides of these. I don't like the idea of not showing up authentically. And that idea of fake it till you make it, meaning you're pretending to be someone else. That Mm -hmm. part I don't like. What I do think can be a good side of it is coming up with the vision of who it is you want to become and using that as a compass to guide you. So even as I was getting my my speaking business off the ground, I wasn't a sought after paid speaker, but I had to act as if I was and get that confidence and really get, again, that vision of it was. And even as small as when somebody asked me what I did, I had to respond and learn to respond with, I'm a professional speaker, you know, because just those little things. So I think, again, it's it's a difference between are you showing up inauthentic or are you showing up really working to lean into the vision of, if, of who you want to become? I'm not sure that answers it the way that it is, but that's how I tend to look at it. I, I don't think you should lie. You know, you shouldn't tell someone you've done something if you haven't, but get that vision and make sure that you're working even if it's that one step towards that vision becoming reality. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there are, you know, multiple skill sets that are required mm-hmm. for anything that you want to do. So while you 
hadn't stood on a stage and delivered a talk like and had been compensated for it, you had all of these other skills that you absolutely needed to be that paid speaker. So yes, I I completely agree. When I hear um, some of the women's conferences I go to, they say, just fake it till you make it. I'm like, no, no, not sure that's strategy. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, it's that fine, fine line between all good things, you know, the blessing and the curse between all good things. But I think again, always really looking at, are you, are you coming from that place of authenticity? Are you coming from that place of compassion? And are you coming from a place of really wanting to deliver value? Even if it's something new, that's about getting outside of our comfort zone. So you have to try new things and you have to, again, build that confidence. And I think one of the biggest lessons I ever got from one of my mentors was this idea of coming back to value. Are you delivering value? And so for me, when I speak, when I write, whenever I do what I do, if I'm coming from a place of value, it doesn't matter if I've done it before or not, because I'm leading with the right intention. So I think, again, for me, it's more of a sense of intentionality. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I completely agree. So I do like to drop little fun questions in now and again. Um, And we had just talked a little bit about your podcast. Do you have any sort of pre-show ritual or a hype song that you listen to to get, you know, your vocal cords warmed up and just get you in the right uh, frame of mind? Oh, no, I just fake it till I make it. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not necessarily saying that this is fun, but I will say my secret weapon is my morning routine. And my morning routine is generally about 90 minutes long. So I'm an early bird and I've just done that because that's what works for me, but it's mm-hmm. getting up, it's getting my body moving, it's doing mindset work, you know, working on all of these because it allows me to build the energy that I need to again deliver what I need to do. As far as pregame rituals, I always love to review the questions I'm going to ask before. I do close my eyes for about 30 seconds and I again visualize you know, how is it going to look? How is it going to feel so that I can show up? And I have something that I call the five words exercise. And this is all about showing up as the best version of yourself. So what I do is I have thought about a time where I felt I was at my best. I'll call it when I'm in the zone. And the five Mm -hmm. words that I use to describe myself when I'm in the zone are energized, prepared, passionate, motivating, and genuine. So I always check in with those five words before I step into my day, because I want to make sure that I'm showing up as that person. But yes, I do have some songs. So a lot of times if I'm on a break, you know, I'm a girl of the 80s. So cranking out some like Go-Go, some Madonna, (laughs) some Duran Duran, you know, all of those get me going. Um, When I'm working at home, my, my fur baby's here. So, you know, getting some extra time with her when I'm on the road. Um, Again, you know, kind of just getting myself grounded, taking a deep breath. And um, yeah, music's a big thing for me. So having some music and having a playlist, you know, during the breaks that keeps me on my toes definitely helps too. Love it. Well, today it was, um, so it's not always the same song for me. It's just Mm -hmm. what I'm in the mood for. Today it was the live by Pearl Jam. A lot of times. Yeah. Oh, please. And the boys are like, what is she singing? What are they doing? You know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't completely on key, but maybe that was by design. They'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, or Coldplay or I, I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan. So of course mm-hmm. that's an option, but anything eighties, 
and 100% can't miss no matter what happens. I don't care what mood I'm in. The thing that pulls me out and allows my head to levitate off my body is gangster rap. So there you go. See? Yeah. I love it. And one of one of my go-to songs, sort of my my walk-on song that people have is Let's Go by Neo. And again, it's just the, the music, the words, you know, it's time to go. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I love it. I'm going to write that one down. Um, I won't steal it, but I will listen to it and think of you. Steal it unless, unless we're sharing the same stage, <laughs> which I know we will be doing in the future. Oh, I think that would be a blast, honestly. Um, so... I always like to ask people around like lessons in life. And, and I really feel like that's where, you know, growth is born. Mm -hmm. um, what have you learned along the way that you wish maybe somebody had taught you um, that could maybe either have saved you some pain, uh, some money, potentially disappointment, or it, or it could have accelerated your growth and your goals. Sure. Um, I think, and there's so many, so many answers to this. We could be here for an entire week, but one of the biggest lessons is the importance of being present. Mm -hmm. um, you know, going back to the, the greatest gift that we can give someone is the gift of ourselves. So learning how to be present. And this is where I work a lot with people on the idea that multitasking does not exist because you truly, even scientifically, you cannot produce good work when you're doing too many things. So wherever you are, so I'm here with you right now, meaning that I need all of my alarms on all those other things minimized. I need my phone away so it's not distracting me because I want to be truly present. You know, doing that with your kids, when you're with them, when you're at the dinner table or whatever, be there with them. It doesn't mean you have to do that for eight hours, but 30 minute, 45 minute increments, be there and be present because you're going to get so much more out of it, not just for yourself, but the quality relationships and the quality of work you will do is better. And you will actually be able to be more productive. Um, time, time blocking, another big lesson that I learned. And I've learned all of these. And the reason I wrote the book was because of all these missteps that I have. Learning that time is our most valuable asset and we have to really start to take care of it and start looking at everything as an investment of time. If I am going to be working for 40 hours this week, where do I want to invest those 40 hours? The clients, the projects, everything. So really understanding that and making sure that we're doing that. And then speaking of joy, I really encourage no less. More is great, but no less than 15 minutes of joy every day. Do something that lights you up. Again, it could be a dance party. It could be going for a walk. It could be taking a nap. It could be watching trash television. It doesn't matter. But 15 minutes of something that lights your soul up because that energy is going to permeate through everything you do and really, again, allow you to just feel more of that abundance in everything that you're doing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, earlier, I did mention uh, the clarity method. So I wondered if you could take a few moments, talk about what the acronym, the acronym stands for. How does it work? How do we apply it? Um, the whole bit. That would be wonderful. Well, you know, my my moment, we all have that moment in life came when my son was about 
three and a half years old. And, you know, I was working one night and not paying attention to him because I wasn't being present because I had not learned that lesson. And lucky for me, he is smarter than I am. And he basically took the phone out of my hand and said, mommy, you're not paying attention to me. And it was in that moment that I had to have a real honest look at how I was living. And after my big ugly cry that night, I had to, you know, really be honest and say, I don't like this person who I have become. You know, I'm doing all the right things on paper. I'm checking off all the right boxes, but I'm completely an empty shell of myself. I was absent from my life. I, I didn't like the way that I was showing up. I was pushy. I was demanding. I was snappy. And this just wasn't who I wanted to be. So I had to find a way to create success because I still wanted to be successful both in my life and my business but in a way that was going to work for me. So that is where I created the Clarity Method because it was all about making this work for me and finding a path. So to break it down, the C stands for Clarity of Vision. We've got to get, again, really clear on that vision that we have for our life, for our business. What is the mindset we need to create so that every day we're showing up, living that vision and taking steps towards it. The L is all about learning how to leverage time. So I share with the people that I work with strategies and then teach them how to adapt these strategies because success is not one size fits all. So it's the strategies, but then again, how do we adapt them and make them work with our authentic life? We pair that with the first A, which is all about taking the right action. It's not about doing everything. It's actually about doing less at a higher level. So we bring it back to their vision, their mindset. Who is it they need to become? And we start to identify what are the core actions that they must do on a consistent basis. And then we start to develop their optimal week so that they can time block and build that schedule to support them in achieving their goals. As much as we need to take action, the R is all about rest and recovery. Again, we cannot give our best when we are depleted. So we don't just talk about the importance of this. We start to identify for them what does self-care look like for them. This is where I talk about are you bringing joy into your world? And we go over strategies, again, that are going to allow it to work for them, whether it's pairing it with something, but again, defining what does it really mean. We also know that no matter what we do, we're all in sales. From a teacher to a firefighter to a CEO, we're all in sales and we know that everything stems from value. So I really walk them through helping them to define what is the value that they bring and more importantly, how are they articulating that value so that the people that they work with understand their unique value proposition because if we are showing up and not delivering value, then all we're doing is taking up space and we don't want to just take up space. We then go into the T, um, the T, which is all about tracking and measuring. Again, if we're investing our time, our money, all of these things, we need to see if we're having progress. So we have to start identifying what's working, what's not working, how to pivot and adjust 
but we won't know until we start tracking. So I walk them through some measures that will work for them and help them create their own tracking forms and devices that will help them. And then the why is all about, yes, it's time to celebrate. So many times we put off those celebrations. You know, we need to have the big goal at the end of the year, but then quarterly goals, monthly goals, as little as daily goals. You know, what are three great things that happened today? So, you know, learning how to bring all those in. And I really call it the clarity success model because it's not a business model. It's not a business plan. It's about creating success in your life and your business. And this is also why I call myself a chief harmony officer, because it's about finding that harmony between work and life. And I just don't believe you could have one without the other. So it's about how to make it all work together and to do it again in a way that's going to support you and that you can do it on your terms. I, there's a mic drop in here somewhere. Um, so there's my, there's my visual. Here we go. <laughs> um, so my final question, it's, it's one of my favorites, um, I guess, because I wrote it. Uh, so you know that the show is called Joy Unleashed. Um, and, you know, shameless plug, I have uh, a new journal coming out called the Daily Dose of Joy Journal. Um, I'm curious what daily practices, and you did touch on this somewhat, um, mm -hmm. can you share with the audience that help you to feel grounded and firmly rooted in joy? And that might just inspire them to do the same. So, you know, however, you know, if it's three, if it's five, whatever number it is, we'd love to hear what your daily practice is. Um, one of the things that I do, and I call this book ending my days, I was introduced to the importance of a gratitude practice um, about 12 years ago when I joined on with a company that I work with called Ninja Selling Systems. And what they talk a lot about is when you start your day with gratitude, especially three things that you are grateful for today. It starts to wire your brain for positivity and it starts to permeate through the rest of your day. So I took that to the next level. Because one of the things I found in studying the brain is that our brain is actually most susceptible to thought the first 20 minutes of the day and the last 20 minutes of the day. So I started thinking, okay, if I'm starting my days with gratitude, maybe I should be ending my day with gratitude as well. So I bookend my days with gratitude. I start my day, what are three things I am grateful for today? But then before I fall asleep, one of the last things I do is what are three great things that happened today? Because what I found, and you brought this up earlier of, again, your mind racing at night, I find so many of us get to the end of the day and what we're focused on is everything we did not get done. But in the essence of not getting it all done, we still get some pretty great things done. So let's mm -hmm. focus on the good things we got done that day. So that really helps me to quiet my mind, start my day, end my day, and again, get that grounding force. The other thing that I do is stepping away. You know, our brains are not designed to work for several hours straight. And again, we know from science, our optimal brain processing is about 50 minutes on within a 10 minute break. So oftentimes during the middle of the day, you know, I step away. I might take a nap. I might go for a walk. I do something, but I get away from the screen. And then I try to do that at least for another 30 minutes, sort of in between the end of my day and into my, you know, my evening, just to have 30 minutes again of just quieting my brain. So those are some of the things I do to help keep me grounded. I do journal. I do written affirmations. I do all of those things too. But um, I think the book ending of my days is probably the biggest one. 
That's really powerful. And you're absolutely right. If you're not firmly, you know, grounded given the morning, you know, you've just, you know, set yourself up for a day of, of spiral of confusion of self-doubt and what have you. So I, I love that you brought that up. Clara, you have been an absolute joy to, um, and I, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that because that wasn't even set up. Yeah. That just came naturally. <laughs> High five. Um, I, it's been a thrill to have you on uh, the show. So thank you so much um, for making the time to be here today and to share all of these amazing um, philosophies, strategies, um, proven success models. Uh, I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to show the book one more time because we want to put you over the hump. Um, yeah. The mother of all success manuals. We've got her website here. You can find this on Amazon. It's a bestseller. It's also won awards. Um, there's pretty much nothing it hasn't done yet, except for maybe line my bank account. So we'll have to yeah. figure out how we do that. But that's fine. That can be like version two. Yeah. Um, can I also um, just share that I, I think it's important. Um, one of the things I do is, you know, I love to be able to give back because, you know, I did not get here on my own. And so what I am doing with this book is I am partnering with some, you know, local organizations and $5 from every book that is sold. I am donating to fight the cause for against human trafficking. So just know that the book is not only there to to help women. It's also about, you know, helping to impact the world in a more positive way, too. Thank you for sharing that. I neglected to, to share that. Uh, and you have already raised, as far as I'm aware, over several thousand dollars fight yeah. um, mm -hmm. human trafficking. So thank you for all you've done there and um, continue to do. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And I appreciate what you're doing to spread more joy because you know what? Never, no, no one ever went wrong with living by joy. <laughs> so true. Thanks, Clara. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters. <laughs>